Yeah, sometimes a thing is like kind of good, and that's that's fucked. It's <laughs> fucked to think that that can happen. It's fucked up. What? Things a can good, be good. A good thing. This Ugh. is fucked. No, this isn't. This isn't right. Doesn't sit right with me. No, no. <laughs> I'm and, immediately uh, suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, listener. Uh, only bad things can happen. Anger, sexual lust. The sorts of things that you experience when you're playing a video game. All these concepts originated with Karl Marx. You're listening to Agab. All gamers are bastards. You know what it is. Uh, I'm your host, Kay, of course, and I am joined by the unending Kyle. How you doing, Kyle? <laughs> that's, the, that's definitely the best way anyone's ever described me. This will not end. <laughs> Dear God. Um, I'm doing well. Uh, happy to be back on the... Um, uh, the uh, oh, God. How did we say... I'm happy to be back in the hang glider, um, soaring above Orlando, um, w- looking at the giant wire crossing the Atlantic um to the other hang glider um that's uh Mm -hmm. you know chilling above the uk right now um Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm ready to talk uh some video games boy 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 i'm god of war boy 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 <laughs> no, I'm, I'm uh i'm doing well i'm excited to talk about a, a decent game how you doing Kay? hell yeah oh, it's, i i love that game i love i love games that blindside me i'm not gonna get into it too much yet we're not there yet but in general i just love to be surprised the, the more you become analysis brained with media <laughs> the less and less you're surprised yes the less and less uh, you encounter a new thing and you go, whoa, you know, that this this has, has brought things to the table I've never seen before or I wasn't anticipating. So I, I treasure it a lot when it happens. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about Dad of Boy, um, there is, there's a, 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 I don't even know what to call it, a, a pop culture uh, disease that we have to discuss briefly that um is the opposite of all of the things that i i will say about dad of boy yeah uh god of war um it it is uh the hit new song starring uh pikachu everyone's best friend little sort of yellow rat guy um and uh, Katy Perry, who um, is nobody's best friend, no. and might also be sort of a rat person, but in you know a different way. Um, so she's got this song with with uh, everyone's best friend Pikachu called Electric, and it's it's kind of a nightmare. Uh, it's kind of from hell. What what do you think about electric, Kyle? Um, I think it's uh, I think it is liberal authoritarianism, um, and I'm very happy to talk about um, what I mean by that. Um, I'm going to read some lyrics from Electric, 
Um, and then we'll yeah. just we'll just do a little a little close reading of the text, uh, so to speak. <laughs> um, verse one: In the dark, when you feel lost, want to be the best, but at what cost? If you're gonna stay here, nothing's ever changing. No, big world, gotta see it all. Gotta see it all. Gotta get up even when you fall. There's no point in waiting. They'll try and bring you down. But you've got the power now. I know you feel it. If you believe it, then you can. There's no reason that this life can't be electric. So here's what here is what's like incredibly fascistic about this Katy Perry Pikachu crossover. Uh, there yes. is like there's this thing in liberalism. Actually, no, no. Here's the other thing that I'm going to read. I'm going to read uh, a bit from the, um, I believe it's the introduction. Uh, yes, uh, Peter Gordon's introduction to the authoritarian personality by Theodore Adorno. Um, and uh, let me see. Let me make sure I can find the passage. Um, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, this is Peter Gordon introducing uh, Adorno's book. Um, he says... The, author uh, I'm, the authoritarian personality set out to demonstrate that fascism is something far deeper than a political form. It correlates with psychological patterns of domination and submission that take shape in earliest childhood and later harden into a syndrome of attitudes regarding hierarchy, power, sexuality, and tradition. The psyche of a fascist is, quote, authoritarian in this sense that it attaches itself to figures of strength and disdains those it deems weak. It, de it tends towards conventionalism, rigidity, and stereotypical thinking. It insists on a stark contrast between in-group and out-group, and it jealously patrols the boundaries between them. It is prone to obsession over rumors of immorality and conspiracy, and it represses with self-loathing the sexual lasciviousness it projects onto others. In all these ways, fascism appears as the political manifestation of a pre-political disposition. The authoritarian personality does not always turn explicitly fascist. Its politics may remain dormant, only to emerge under certain social historical conditions. Here's the thing, and uh, basically what Gordon goes on to say is that um, it's, gonna it's, it's going to come into conflict with, the, with people who do a very sort of, who try and capture fascism as a particular historical moment or time and place. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people, mm -hmm. I, a lot of people have gotten very mad at me on the internet as something of kind of <laughs> kind of a scholar of fascism, for kind of raining on people's parades when they are convinced that insert like definitely right wing reactionary figure that I don't like is a, a, a one for one fascist. Um, not mm -hmm. only not only is that not necessarily true, um, but. The problem I have with this, you know, this is a one for one. This is Mussolini to Electric Boogaloo or whatever, is that it places distance yeah. between the idea that fascism is not exclusively a political formation, but the political formation of fascism is an extension of human subjects struggling to incorporate themselves into a larger scheme that often alienates them, makes them feel other, lesser, and alone. It offers this advantage to which that there is there is a place of power that you can plug into. You are not in charge of that power, but you can go and be a part of it. 
um, they then use sort of this trans historical idea to say like not o not only is is this machine that you can get the power from a machine of today and the machine of tomorrow but all of the your ancestors are all bound within this particular machine and the reason why this is related to Perry, Katy Perry is because contemporary liberalism is incredibly authoritarian in its obsessive like drive to force individual human subjects to constantly look within themselves to quote unquote find themselves your true mm. power you can look within yourself and and everyone's going to try and bring you down but you just need to girl boss your way through it because the solution to every like the solution to subjectivity under liberalism is to instead of going toward the big other that is the political author authoritarian figure incredibly reactionary but is seeking to incorporate you onto a larger nationalized identity say or something like that instead you are you in turn must police and reinforce the discourses of capital amongst yourselves you do so by talking about how everyone is the special little snowflake and how you all you've got the power they're going to try and bring you down but you just need to go break the glass ceiling there is nothing revolutionary about trying to quote unquote to quote the movie pitch perfect this is the second podcast that i've talked about pitch perfect on in the last <laughs> week by the way listen to listen to my most recent entry on horror vanguard um uh but like it liberal the the authoritarianism of liberalism is the insistence that not only do you have the magic in you but you must go seek it and you must go find it it is an ethical and moral imperative that you reach within yourself and find that special magic that you can go out and share with the world by being yourself well the problem is, is that none of us know who the fuck we are because we're human subjects human subjectivity is messy complex and ugly and what culture like this seeks to do is to reduce it and distill it into basically an essence with which you can police and control people while still seeming like a good guy this song is it's all of these lyrics it's fucking nonsense this does not make any actual <laughs> real sense unless you're steeped in the discourses of i've got the eye of the tiger i don't know any other yeah. lyrics to that kitty I, I like to jo I like to joke. I sing that song. I've got the eye of the tiger, tiger, the eye of the tiger. It's an eye of a tiger, and because those are the only words I know, so I just sing that over and over again. But that's all that matters, is that you have this, you have this special essence. All you have to do is go out and try and find it. The problem is, is that it doesn't exist. Um, and yeah, uh, so uh, my next, my first question is for Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> um so you're just like it wasn't enough to just go and become a cop like but now yeah what like, the fuck buddy i mean like now on. Uh, just give me a break like pikachu is writing an op-ed about how pikachu needs to be able to wear his cop uniform during pride like oh my fucking god <laughs> <sighs> yeah listen Katy perry is no place at pride no. all right i can't be clear enough about this i love the a mythical internal magic that you are compelled to find by an incredible amount of pop culture. Yes. That this is just kind of emblematic of. Because, of course, whenever anything goes wrong, you know, it's not down to any systemic problems, no. certainly not economic problems. No. You just, you didn't work hard enough to find the magic. Exactly. It's, it's your special 
individual magic. Um, uh, I have a question. Um, who is they in this song? Who's trying to bring you down when you're trying to find your inner magic <laughs> with Pikachu, your best friend, who we all love? They, I mean, like... Is it ground-type trainers? <laughs> is that who's trying to bring you down? It's nobody and everybody. And this is how liberals oh. get people to do whatever the fuck they want. It's whoever they want it to be, right? They... Who like who like who is they? They is everybody and nobody, and that's mm. that's who they had. Oh my god! In the su- suggestion, I was watching the music video while we were talking, and in the section <laughs> below that, someone um, made an hour long cut of this song, just playing for an hour. Oh my like, god! Like, How long is it normally? Like who three or four minutes? That's you. enough. Yeah, three minutes that's and twenty one seconds. Oh, it's three minutes and twenty one seconds too long. This should in in a good in, in a good socialist government, this kind of this kind of trash would be banned. Rightfully, yes. Rightfully, Call so. of Duty, Katy Perry, <laughs> and um, I think that's the list so far. But we'll keep going. That's the list so far of banned properties. But yeah, no doubt it, it will increase. Um. I remember, as a youngin, always being really perplexed by the vague they that is present in so much music. There's always a they that that goes largely uncharacterized, but it's in opposition to whatever the song is doing, um, or or whatever actions the song is compelling. And uh, I'm trying to remember, there was a song... This was back in in like the back in the two thousands and in those far off years of the two thousands. Uh, there was a song by uh, Akon, who is music I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole premise of the song is he's singing to his partner uh, that uh, a nondescript they doesn't want them to be together, like like it's a fucking story about noble houses or something. I think nobody want to see us together, I think, is <laughs> what that song is. Yeah, 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 that's the lyric, at least. I don't know what the song was called, but um, that's always a, a memory that's really stood out to me, because uh, that song was everywhere for a few years, ages ago. Um, yeah. Just, I, I, w- I would hear it sometimes, and I, w- I would always think, who could that possibly be in reference to? Who could possibly uh, constitute a group Who's like, we have to stop, we have to stop these people going out. Oh, I have... Like, who? I, I think I have the answer, and the answer, it takes us back to Katy Perry. Um, this is something we, yes, were talk- please. we were talking about in DMs before uh, we got on to record. Um, the thing that I knew Katy Perry most about for a while was that she was the person, she was like the pop artist who did the, like, who did the Queer Bait song and who was originally who got her start in Teen Mania International, which that's the even it's a, it was this evangelical group uh, who put on these events called Acquire the Fire, um, which like that's kind I, of a sick name. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's I'm like that's kind of terrifying, but it's not nearly as cool <laughs> as it sounds. Like so, basically, the, it was like a tour, like they would do, not a tour, but like they would put on these like pep rally kind of rock concert events. Uh, that were also like they were also charismatic group I believe I believe they spoke in tongues and stuff, um, but they would have Hell these yeah. kind of like I know right good shit. Uh, they would have these revivals 
I had friends I knew who I went to church with who went to these revivals or whatever. And, uh, well, uh, Teen Mania is like, well, they're, they, they were all really like culty and really imperialist and very right wing. But it's a, that part of evangelical leads me, evangelical Christianity leads me to the, something I heard a lot growing up, which is, uh, the capital E enemy. Now that's that's oh. the de- that's the devil, right? But it's not just yeah. the devil. It's the devil and the forces of darkness and all of this it's very Lord of the Rings, like not <laughs> not super like biblical in and like like no one knows how to read and interpret an ancient text in evangelical Christianity. It's all just it's all like a it's all like a war movie. Um but the enemy is something that came up all the time in evangelical Christianity. And it was at like it was it both was a substitution and something in and of itself. Meaning that the we, when people when they said the enemy, we all knew exactly who they were talking about, the devil. But we mm-hmm. also had our own idea of who the enemy could be. So for most of the people that I grew up with, there were Democrats uh pro-choice people <laughs> mostly like they were also the enemy but you didn't say that you know you said it not from the pulpit because you know that could affect mm-hmm. your tax exemption status but like no well, no uh, they would do it anyways and it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't they'd be fine but uh yeah like the way and, th- and this is the transition like this is the transition right like sure i'm sure popular evangelical churches don't talk don't use the word the enemy as much as they used to and instead, mm-hmm. what they do is, and I've been to church with my parents before, when when they went to churches, that was more this way. Um, they are constantly talking about discipline and the restraint and restrictions that we should place on the self as to not allow, you know, basically the haters to win. It's about performing. I hate when the haters win. I mean, right? Oh, they're the worst. The haters are terrible, and we don't want them to win. <laughs> and so it's about performing authenticity when like no one is truly authentic that's not that that is a like that is wrought with problems this idea of who is your authentic self well no i don't believe that anyone who can claim their authentic self truly knows their authentic Mm. self we're always learning about ourselves because human subjectivity is complicated in something that changes over time based off of our environment a lot of it is in response to how we want others to see us that's what's so confusing about psychoanalysis is that like desire for example it's not just what i desire it's and and it's not just that i desire to be seen a certain way in another it's that desire is something we're taught how to do and so it is it really maps wait sorry Katy perry but your early christian life really (laughs) maps easily onto this newer idea of like the haters they're kind of going to come. Well, you can't say the devil anymore. And that that's that's who they is. It's the it's the capital E enemy, but you just can't so say it. The devil is trying to stop Katy Perry from becoming yes. electric and also trying to prevent Akon from having sex. Well, I was going to say, yeah, the devil's trying to stop Akon and, and the lady from his music video from getting together. But also maybe Sauron is trying to stop Akon. Yeah. I remember I, I'm pretty sure it, that was in t- like the two towers. Uh, I'm pretty sure, um, Akon is is like one of the main oppositions to Sauron's power. That's why he can't physically manifest in Middle Earth. I'm pretty sure. 
I'd yeah. have to I'd have to go rewatch the movies, but I'm like ninety percent sure that's what it was. I'm pretty sure that's what that's um uh if anyone remembers another Akon song, um Smack That, I believe that that's what he was talking about. Uh in that particular one. <laughs> smack that feature. Smack Eminem. that Smack that ring into Mount Doom. Yes. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> Music in the 2000s was fucking horrible. What a blight of a decade, can yeah. I just say. Holy Mark Fisher shit. was... If there was anything that Mark Fisher was most correct about, it was the vast majority of his opinions on music during that time. Like, is not, like... Di- like is, is, is humanity's punishment for hubris the Arctic Monkeys and why? Like... Yeah. Like, yeah, he's right. He's right about that. Holy God, fuck. that being sucks. I remember, we'll see, in the 2000s, because it was, like, current, you couldn't, you just couldn't talk about how much everything sucked, or else it'd seem like you're one of those people who just hate whatever the current thing is. But yes. now that it's been long enough, thank God, everyone's ready to admit, no, the music was just fucking horrible back then. It's way better now. Yes. There's loads of garbage, such as said Katy Perry song mm-hmm. coming out now, but, like, overall compared to the 2000s especially like you know the, the years after 9-11 like mm-hmm. <laughs> holy fuck think about popular it's not even close so like people our age would probably get very mad at me for this but i'm a huge fan of hip-hop but i did not know i was a huge fan of hip-hop until someone showed me stuff that started showing me stuff that came out before bling rap became popular because i'm sorry mm. bling rap sucked it sucked then and it sucks now too and so we don't need any bling rap revivals we don't need like we we don't need it because it was this like it was the cultural when the cold the wall the wall fell the cold war ended and then in t- after 10 10 years they're like we really don't have any ideas we're really out of ideas like so what if like what if like we do garage rock but distributed by an A&R executive. So that's the strokes. Yeah. I'm calling out the fucking strokes. <laughs> Get them. Fucking kill them. That first remember... record was good. I liked that record. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I was really just into, like, metal music and, like, um, a bit of, like, prog rock. Yeah. But I remember, you know, white people shit. But I remember... Um, it, this happened in a very brief window. I remember somebody introducing me to MF Doom and Wu-Tang. Yep. Like back to back and it was just this fucking revelation Fuji's that the this score. genre I'd always yep. kind of written off because of the shit that like was on fucking MTV yep. um, at the time uh, was actually like the best genre and I've been I'd been living uh, uh, a fool's life up until that point <laughs> literally those exact two artists add Fuji's the score when Ghostface Killer's Fish Scale came out I'm like okay now I know that like there's going to be new like even though it's a member of the wu-tang clan i know there's going to be new rap music Mm. i like and then like you know where then you're able to go out and suss out like the good records that did come out during that time but like at the same time like there's a reason there's a reason there's a reason why that was around the time period where like mashup in music became popular it's because again we were just out of ideas like everyone's just like so everything is just like girl talk and that the that Danger Mouse record where he mashed up Jay Z and the Beatles, and like this is what's interesting yeah. now. 
It's just like... Am I crazy, or was there a Linkin Park-Jay-Z mashup? Yeah, they made, a, they made a record together. I think it was very bad, personally. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> of, course, of course it was... Yeah, uh, a lot just, of people like it. I, it. That feels like something I dreamt uh, <laughs> after a night of substance abuse. No. Uh, but that that continues to be real. I yep. see. All right. Well, it was it was real. Meteor. No, that was a Lincoln Park. Meteor was the Lincoln Park record that came out of that. Came out. Yeah, that was their their second album. Yeah, I think. I'm yeah. Up the, their I first know. one was Hybrid Theory. I remember because I remember being a little baby when I think it was just Hybrid Theory and being into oh, yeah. Linkin Park for a brief time. Hybrid Theory um, was everything. It was everything. It was everywhere. Yeah. I know. I can't stand that shit now. But like, yeah, when I was a little bab who didn't know any better, goddamn, that was cool. <laughs> like here, and here, here's the thing: how you know that, like, and. Hey, I actually hey, I don't even have to qualify it with this. This is actually true. I think Chester Bennington had some very good things to say um despite have, being stuck in a new metal band. But like the thing that we should know about Linkin Park that should make us suspicious is that in one of in their probably most popular song ever, the guy who raps has this line. One thing, I don't know why it doesn't even matter how hard you try. Like we should know then just like Oh, turn it off. Turn. Very negative. Very negative that's, people. That's well, bad. He, he, here's the thing about Linkin Park is, well, two things that I would present in uh, uh, tandem. One is anyone familiar with their songwriting will know that they are also very prone to having the uh, ill-defined they in opposition to whatever mm. their goals are. There's always a they that's fucking with them. And also, I think... Um, after like three or four albums, they became like a Christian rock band. Really? So, yeah. Uh. Like, yeah, their 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 later stuff is like Jesus rock. I don't know what the fuck was going on with that, but so Skill I feel it. like there, I feel like there may be uh, some connection to your um, uh, connecting of Katy Perry and uh weird evangelical shit everything is theological the... that's like i the thing the point i keep coming back to is that the fact that i was raised in evangelical is the only reason why i can do cultural criticism effectively is because everything <laughs> is just jesus shit it's like did you like you just replace it with you know the lord or whatever like mm. and it it works it and it's the i don't know oh, man hours <laughs> hours i could just hours <laughs> All the music is fucked. It's all. It's all. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus stuff. We're also. We're also musicians and musical people, who are yeah. uh, uh, just better than all of these people that we're talking about. And I'm sorry that the world has failed to see it. It's just. It's purely because of communism. That's true. Red scare. That is true. Yeah. The red. <laughs> the red scare is the only reason. That I'm not more successful than Katy Perry. It's the only one. <laughs> You're goddamn right it is. And that is, if it wasn't the reason why before, it sure is now. It's definitely what I'm going to say. That's right. I'm Homophobia, transphobia, and the Red Scare. This is why we are, this is why our podcast isn't, uh, uh, hasn't subsumed in, uh, 
uh, grown by it, this is the reason why our podcast has not simply eaten all of the smaller, weaker podcasts yet. That's right. Also, Brexit probably mm, is, is yeah. in the mix there. I, I yeah. would think. I blame Joe Biden right. too. And Joe fucking Biden is really this. He, I, I think the lion's share of the blame really yes. should go to Joe Biden. I think we can agree <laughs> on that. Um, we should we should talk about God of War. We should talk about God of War. Yeah, we, yeah, we we've we got a lot of time in already. Hell yeah! All right, we got stuff to say. We're we're doing it. I'm. Oh, Skittles is rustling in the background. Hi Skittles. Um, I love you. She's so good. Uh, so there's God of War. There do I see my mother. Oh, there do I see my father. Oh, there do they call to me. Oh, there do they call to me. Oh, there do they call to me. That bow is a little big for you, isn't it? My mother made it for me. Said I'd grow into it. Find your way home. You are free. We're taking our ashes to the highest peak in the realms. Ashes? It was her last wish. Where must we go? To a realm beyond your own. You know, God of War. Everyone knows God of War. Great series of games in, like, the PS2 era. Um, I really loved them back then when I was, I probably was a teenager when those came out. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, the, the genre goes quiet. Not genre. The series goes quiet for a little while. Mm. You don't hear anything about it. And, you know, some time goes on. And then you hear there's going to be a new God of War game. And you think... I don't really know if you could make a God of War game today. It was so, like, indulgently, like, yeah. childishly, like, hyper-masculine and violent in a way that was, like, it, it's it's fun. Really but, fun. Yeah, but it felt like making a new Duke Nukem, yep. you know? It's like, you you can't make this Oh, now. God, we gotta talk about Duke Nukem. I have an unbelievable oh my God. amount of things to say about Duke Nukem. All right, all right, we'll do that. It's a future episode for sure. But Hell it's like, you, you know, the thinking was, you just, you can't make this today. No. And then it comes out, and it's the most, it's like, it's a totally different beast than any of the prior games. It is, like, slow and thoughtful and maybe one of the most, like, deconstructive of masculinity games I've ever played in my life in a series that was just like smashing the meat men together and screaming uh, for hours yeah. uh, b before that point. And it, uh, we were talking, um, we were talking earlier about how like rare and amazing it is to, you know, as, as the years go on and as you, you become more and more familiar with, art in general and media just like to be surprised by something and this game fucking surprised the shit out of me it i i was i i just didn't know what the fuck was going on for a lot of it it was it was a wild ride for me yeah i uh i had i had also played the uh, early god of war titles including the first one um as a uh, um as a um 
a, a classics bitch, as I'll describe myself. Uh, it was like this is like oh, this is Greco. It looks completely ridiculous, absurd, over the top, hyper violent. <laughs> Like the Hell reason, yeah. like all of the, there, like we talked about the bad pop culture of the aughts, the good pop culture, and in some of it is completely horrific and has like, like gruesomely evil politics. But like <laughs> action movies were amazing in that time Hell period, yes. and it's yep. because they were like, it is, it is like the 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 willingness for the entertainment industry to spend money on stuff from the 1990s with an additional 10 years of technological progress. I mean, if only if only mm-hmm. we had had a socialist Chile, then action movies would have been amazing. But that, that's that's my, true. That's the real thing, right? Like the the uh, the contemporary managed economy would have fixed all of this. But like, yep. which is why I'm very excited for what's happening in Chile right now. But um, there's like. There, there's there's a there's this really like there's this quality to it and i have not like replayed the original uh god of war game uh recently but i have replayed it after the first time i played it and for basically the reasons that k just talked about the early series is the reason why it holds up fairly well um it's storytelling and it's voice acting and stuff like that is you know maybe not so much but what it is trying to do it had an idea of itself um, and I guess I expected very similarly that a new God of War game would like not know who it is. Uh, yeah. And it was just like we, we live in the a new Mortal Kombat movie just came out. And like, oh, it yeah, was, it was really, really bad. I haven't turned anything off in the middle of it in a long time. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, 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 I have seen all three Pitch Perfect movies. Please watch my YouTube videos. Uh <laughs> and I could not finish. Like, it was not even interesting enough for me to finish it. Um, it felt like this very... I wrote it off like it was going to be a, uh, a cash grab, essentially, to try and revive the series and whatever. But what we got <laughs> is um, a profoundly, like, emotional experience um, that is uh, is masterful in its ability to take... Um, uh, personal circumstances uh and tie them to larger events not in a way that like while while the center central characters are demigods it's not in a way that like feels like like it's like i'm a god is the deus ex machina uh, like waiting around every corner instead it's able to just take them to places and sort of represent the struggles that they're having in this Mm -hmm. beautifully constructed way it's also a fun game that's fun to play and that has really good pacing in my opinion and it's a slow quiet like still hyper violent but like it's much more of a methodical thing to work through than the previous titles that are just that feel very id um driven or whatever but this is like it's a game that it's a rumination on like fatherhood and masculinity and what that yeah. means for our personal relationships and what happens when a mediating force in our life is suddenly taken away from us in this case uh the mother like like what what happens when like 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 what ha- it it takes a question of like um it takes sort of the melancholic question that I think leads perfectly into the 
and I mean this seriously. I, hope people, I know this is AGAP, so people probably think I'm joking half the time. But the meaningful trans-historical question of what is to be done, as asked by Lenin. Um, mm-hmm. And it, this is a game about asking yourself, what have I done? And oh, it's, yeah. it's what did I do? And, and, the, it's in the, like, and this is really important because it's also part of my academic research. I write about how human relationships are part of the mediating processes that make us who we are and how those processes are not don't exist in vacuums but they're also the products of their environments um and this is a game that is like it's a it it is an important philosophical chicken or egg question when it comes to as a father what did i do um who am i and what part of me is in my child? What did I do to my did did I make my son angry? Did I make make him have a temper? Was my son always angry? Is it just this like sad predisposition? What were what was my hand in this? What are my responsibilities? Uh, th- that is that is huge in this game because like if if this was just uh if there were no prior God of War games. And, you know, we, we're introduced to Kratos in this game, and then we understand that he's sort of like a distant father. He doesn't really, he doesn't get how to interact with this kid, and he's mm-hmm. an asshole to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, very stern and ridiculing. That itself, would it would still work. It would still be a compelling game. But because we have three God of War games, and I think a couple of, like, side games on the PSP, um we know who Kratos is and we know that he spent uh, the bulk of his life being a fucking murder psycho. Yeah. Um, so when you see him like trying to figure out how to talk to his son, who it's suggested he's not really been present in his life, that it's mostly been his mother looking after him uh, yeah. up to this point. Um, we understand so much of what's going on behind the scenes. And you, you talked about, um, you know, how much of me is in my son there is a scene in the game where I don't remember. I think you might be fighting a, a, a giant or, or something, um, but you beat it and your son, uh, Kratos, son, Atreus is um, he's like stabbing it and he's freaking the fuck out. And it's like, it's dead, but he keeps stabbing it and he's yelling and he's just in like a battle rage yeah. and he's got fucking blood on him. And there's this little look that Kratos has at that point. And, in that moment, I was reminded of the way God of War 3 ends, and it, it's uh, simultaneously one of the most satisfying and horrifying endings in any game ever. So in God of War 3, um, th- the first three God of War games, uh, Kratos' father, Zeus, is just just fucking him over left and right. That He's just, he's just the fucking worst, as Zeus is wont to be. Um... And in the end, you finally fucking beat him. And the final sequence of God of War 3 is Kratos beating Zeus's face in with his bare hands and the blood splattering on the screen. And it was so amazing the first time I played it because you're hitting the attack button to keep punching him uh, in basically the end of like the, you know, the defeating him animation. And your screen is getting redder and redder and it never stops until you stop pressing the attack button. Until you can go until your screen is completely red, you can't see anything. You can just hear like the crunch 
of you punching <laughs> your father's face in, basically. And you can do it as long as you want, until it's out of your system, until just, like, the the rage and frustration that this character built up over three games is is exercised. And it's just the most insane, over-the-top scene. You're just screaming and punching and... And and then you fast forward to this to Kratos looking at his son in like the exact same mental state. Yes. And it's it just it's it obliterates you. It's it's the it it's something that only a total like one eighty in a series like this could possibly produce to have you in Kratos' shoes looking back and seeing himself, basically, and just being like horrified. Yeah, how, like you're in the inside. God, look, mas- masterful, Kay. That's exactly that's that's precisely it. It's this pressing idea also in the back of his head as he has not. He doesn't know who he is as a father clearly because the his mother has. There's a lot of the boy's mother in him. Yeah, uh, and but also, it's his. It's this realization. That like it, it comes into conflict with this idea that Kratos has about himself is that is that I cannot change. I will always be monstrous. I cannot yeah. be a father because fathers are good, and also when and I fathers who live are good, and otherwise sons kill their fathers. They kill their mothers. This will always come to a tragic sort of end and i mean it still could there's definitely going to be a sequel and we know and considering the stuff that we learned at the end of the game but like at one point in the game toward the end kratos i believe the line is like like someone is basically someone is basically telling him you will always be a monster this is who you are you can't change and then what kratos says is unbelievably powerful which is that Mm. like yeah maybe but i'm not your monster anymore I'm not going like, and that is, that is that is both the tragic sadness of God of War, and also mm-hmm. this like, that's its entire power as a game. The true tragedy of God of War is the true tragedy of you know human life, which is that mm-hmm. we will always be either one step ahead or, or one step behind of the people that we love. Um. And that when, when what you the real sadness, the mo- the saddest moments of that game, and we all recognize it, and it really gets it really gets you in the gut because it's so obvious, but it's so perfectly done. Is when he's when especially toward the beginning of the game, when Kratos sees his son, clearly, like, struggling with getting kind of thrown into the deep end of the violent life that he was probably going to end up living uh way too soon when he sees his internal struggle you see him very often lift a hand and getting ready to place it to comfort his son and then many many times he just brings that hand back down yeah um, it's like it, it's it's killer um yeah it, it and it like it brings us like but and but the thing about God of War is that that's where you learn where your power is. Is that that that's the sadness of God of War. But the hope of it is that despite our distance and despite our past mistakes, despite how they come to haunt us in the case of this game, you know, quite physically, but also 
in you know metaphorically in our own case despite that all of this we can start anew you can figure out a path forward for yourself and it's the growth within these struggles is in a hegelian sense as always necessitates the working through of that rot because what what's exciting about that is that that you learn that like no i i can't change myself because i don't really know exactly who that is myself i seem to change before i realize it uh and and i i i seem to like constantly be trying to like stand shoulder to shoulder with my loved ones but they're always just one step ahead of me especially my children my children are going to be in a historical sense walking ahead in some way shape or form but that like Mm -hmm. it is we don't you don't need a new you to forge ahead and start something new it is you who starts anew you it, it is you you did not change yourself to forge on the same path you found a new path and this is the part of of god of war that really digs the fucking knife in emotionally mm-hmm. um there's some quotations from it that i am i can't stop thinking about to be completely honest uh mm-hmm. in in the in the in the in the final conflict i won't give away too much of the ending but in the final conflict sort of of the game um kratos and atreus are like really after the final like boss fight um kratos grabs his son and he says because this is where the cycle ends the cycle ends here we must be better than this we will be the gods we choose to be who i was is not who you will be we must be better and yeah it's god damn it <laughs> um i'm reading a book right now um that i've talked about a lot it's called infinitely full of hope fatherhood and the future in an age of crisis and disaster really masterful work tom wyman topical it's he's a he's a philosopher and a writer uh in the uk and um he basically it's a book that's part memoir part uh sort of work of like kantian philosophy um he he pulls from Kant's critique of pure reason the sort of uh, the the idea of reason and the philosophy of reason for Kant was based off of the questions what can I know what ought I know and what can I hope for and Wyman very correctly um, says that that third question what can we hope for um, uh, is neglected but all it's also very elusive. Um, and what has been so motivating and powerful about the book, besides the fact that I am officially in the uh, twilight of fatherhood in some way, shape, or form, being mm. gay, me- being gay means I don't know exactly when it's going to happen. But <laughs> just another thing the straights took from us. Um, can you believe the straights can just like they can just do that? They can be like, oh, we're just going to have a kid. Yeah, I believe go- it, and I resent the fucking shit out of it. Uh, it's, it just seems <laughs> insane to me. It's not you can fuck. just go do that no one can stop you what the yeah. fuck yeah it's, it's it's messed up i have to get a credit check uh to get to Ooh. get a child but uh wow uh, the th- the thing about 
infinitely full of hope that is like like hitting in the exact right same sort of space that god of war is is um the the sort of we have we have to uh we have to interrogate um the discourses in our society that cause reinforce and facilitate hopelessness even if that worldview say in the liberal sense is making an ethical claim uh you should not raise how could you have a child in this world you should exercise more personal responsibility and not bring in children to into an impending climate crisis when i hear that that just sounds like republicans talking about welfare queens to me um yeah. it's it's not good it's not like that antinatalist point is not good enough to support what it's trying to say and the reason why no. it's not is because like when the 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 act of asking the question in the first place what can i potentially hope for is uh more powerful than i think people would realize um when we like oh, i'm trying to get my head on straight because this fucking game made me emotional fuck this game um <laughs> there's this there's this idea in stoic philosophy that um gets really kind of it gets applied in contemporary like pop sort of like pop culture philosophy really really like uh authoritarian sort of like like stoicism was a philosophy about how the uh the 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 essence of human beings um is something that exists dis not just despite their circumstances but in conversation with their circumstances and it was basically like for the roman stoics for example it was it was it was seneca was like you should recognize in the person who has less than you and their essence as a human being and like essentially do some golden rule shit or whatever and this is fraught with problems in so many ways but um what i what i find powerful about certain elements of stoic philosophy and this is i'm pulling mostly from the former slave epictetus um is the idea that like i can't change what i cannot control the problem mm -hmm. with contemporary applications of that idea is that they end it there it's supposed to be this zen space and this could this could be the problem with epictetus too I'm not trying to critique him right now. I don't have the energy. But, like, this could be the problem <laughs> with the Stoic philosophy itself and why we need to extract stuff from it or reapply it. But, like, when it ends there, it places the onus to make change on either, you know, spirit, you know, sort of the, the forces of the world reconfiguring themselves either by God or by destiny or by whatever you think it is. Um, it or it places it on external material forces under the presumption that you don't have the power to change things but i think what really matters here is that what like what i can't change that which i cannot control apply the kantian question what can i hope for then mm -hmm. kratos can't could not change himself part of his fear is that he knows that he's afraid that there's part of atreus that he can't change as well and that it means that it, they're going to enter into this cycle of violence fathers killing fathers 
uh, son, sons killing fathers, sons killing mothers, like mm-hmm. this, 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 like this thing that is, has, and always shall be. Except for in my most recent YouTube video, I talked about history as a pendulum, and I talked about sort of radical moments in his, in the historical reconfiguration as mm-hmm. the part in which the pendulum stops when it's raised on one end, and for a moment, you see something new. Is it for a moment you can like the swinging, uh, the inevitable like path of history feels like it breaks and you see something different. Yeah. Um. The presumption of the, the the question itself, what can I hope for, is revelatory because oftentimes we don't know exactly what we can hope for, but it leads us to the idea that hoping to to hope for something does matter. And like Kratos can't, it is clear in this game. Kratos is struggling with the idea that he cannot set Atreus on a better path than the one that he had. That he feels that him, like them coming into conflict with each other, or Atreus struggling with the same struggles he had, is an historical inevitability. But what if it weren't? And so mm-hmm. this is this is what being being hopeful means. I could go on about Ernest Block, but I won't. Uh, like hope is to operate under an assumption. That there is something potentially worth hoping for, and what's so I, exciting about applying that to say a political worldview is that when you when you begin to share hope for a better future with other people, um, we realize that like we really are so powerful together that like it's just the simple thing of like you know. Like, 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 I can't, I can't build a better society by myself because, and this is going to sound crazy, but like, I'm not an engineer. A, a better society would require engineers um, to build, to help, to help build things that are safe for people. Um, any of the mm-hmm. stuff that I want to do in terms of claiming the commons or all the stuff about public space and stuff like that that I talk about necessitates skills and abilities and stuff that I don't have. And if you take that to an even like if you take that to an additional emotional register, I, I'm drawn back to um, one of the values of my, you know, evangelical uh, <laughs> upbringing that I've not only internalized but uh, put into practice in a lot of different ways, which is the idea that like not only do I need people, not and not only will they need me at some point. Um, I should center this reciprocity in human relationships in my life as a practice. I should live my life in a way that that which you do into the least of these, yes, but also, and this is the tricky part because you can't think about this, but you have to just know that it's there. The idea that other people are making me better. The way that I do that usually is by showing gratitude, making all of my friends uncomfortable by telling them I love them and I appreciate them. I really, I don't know another way to do it, (laughs) but like (laughs) what it's taught me is that like to, to, to see a life, to build a life that's worth living for myself is to be like ridiculously, like monstrously, infinitely full of hope for something better than what we have something better for myself for you listener for 
my children, for my family, for the people I care very deeply for. To be so crazy as to be full of hope in this moment is, it is a key to cutting through all of the fucking bullshit that we get saddled with every day and about how you don't work hard enough or you're not doing, you're not finding yourself appropriately. You need to do more traveling or post on Instagram more or however people do that. You don't like, post on Instagram enough, no. listener. You got to yeah. Instagram more. <laughs> there, there is a part of the game that I think encapsulates that sort of hope, which is um, the uh, Norse war god Tyr, I think mm. is how you pronounce it. Um, you find his, like, halls in the game. And... Up until this point, godhood in God of War, especially war godhood, I think is um it you know the the power and the almost inherent like violent corruption of it um is very much I think um something that is concerned with masculinity. And and in in God of War 1, 2 and 3, I think it's it's this very almost celebratory but not in like a sincere way like this is monstrous and horrible and Kratos like killed his family and he's killing his new family um, but it's still it's a celebration of just like the excess of it whereas you now find Kratos in God of War 4 in this much more grounded sort of situation you know he's not fucking climbing up Mount Olympus on the back of a Titan so he can kill Zeus he's trying to relate to his kid in the woods you know yeah. and, and and suddenly this um this allegorical masculinity of of, of the type of godhood that kratos has interacted with yes. you know it, it begins to feel like this chain around his fucking neck right. um instead of this thing that empowers him and so he you know at first he's very ridiculing uh of atreus he's always telling him to close his heart to things i like the almost needlessly like poetic way kratos talks like he he, he kind of talks like a greek myth some of the time which i find very yeah. funny because he's kratos uh -huh. um you know it's not man up kid it's you must close your heart to it boy you know it's you ridiculous know. <laughs> um uh and and because he's trying to make boy and he doesn't even call him by his fucking name he calls him boy he's trying to make him mm -hmm. basically more like he was yeah. and you know the horror uh dawns on kratos as time goes on that he's succeeding he is making atreus more like him which is awful and he's sort of seeing it reflected back at him and just being like oh no this sucks and you can he really associates like godhood and being the god of war and his past and stuff with a lot of those traits which i i think are, are very you know intertwined with masculinity and these ideas of of manhood that the game is is sort of grappling with um and that, that's why I, I feel like the um the, the so-called datification of games kind of like 2016 to 2018 loads of games just starring like gruff older men i feel like a lot of people treat that like it was this toxic thing but i i, I think this game is maybe the 
if you want to like look at something as like a deconstruction of, of masculinity, I think this might be the best video game I've ever played for those purposes. But that's with the context of this whole history of games and how they deal with uh, masculinity, the, the previous God of War games. But, um, you know, for, for Kratos, being the God of War is just, it's you being a, a, a hyper-masculine killing machine and, and beating your father to death. And, and you've sort of referenced the cycle he's, he's trying to break, and he, he says that to Atreus. But there's a point in the game where you go to Tyr, the Norse God of War's halls, and he is a God of War, and he's not like Kratos. He is depicted not as this insane, violent warmonger, but as someone who is very interested in the world and he travels and collects things and he's like really well respected and liked you know he's not he's not a monster and a lot of the the quality time that kratos spends with atreus is doing sort of like puzzles in tears halls and learning more about him and what is what kratos is being presented with and you said something that really stuck out to me earlier about how um, you don't need to be a different person. You don't need to be something else. You yourself, you know, you are a changing thing. You change. And Kratos was so, for, for a lot of this game, so preoccupied, especially once he realized that how much he was fucking up his kid, um, with, you know, him himself being this horrible, monstrous thing that he needs to shut out. So to be presented with someone who's basically him, but better, and the idea that he could be, he could still be him and not be all of the things he hates about himself, um, is massive. And I think looking at that in the context of masculinity, I think that a lot of people, especially uh, people who are you know, aware of, you know, a lot of the social problems of how gender exists in our society... Um, I think a lot of people go through a uh, maybe less dramatic Greek tragedy version of that <laughs> in try in navigating their own masculinity and trying to figure out, you know, I I want to be a man, but I don't want to like I don't want to be like my father, you know. I don't want to I don't want to fucking you know hit my wife, be distant from my kids, and just be like a prick, you know. I don't want to be a man from the fucking fifties. So how do I, like, be what I am, but not be shit? And I think that God of War 4 makes this really, like, kind of beautiful assertion. It's like, yeah, that's that's possible. You don't have to stop being you, but, like, a better you can exist. And that it's not in some weird individualist way. It's specifically as a product of these relationships you have with the people in your life. In this case, uh, your your son. And I think that's fucking huge for a game that, you know, a few installments ago had a mini game where you, like, have sex with some babes and then you get yes. some XP for it. <laughs> like, it's fucking crazy to think that they these are the same IP. It really is. It's, uh... It's like, I mean, I think you're completely right. I think, and I think that's what's so special about what it's doing with regard to masculinity is it's not, it's not make, 
God of War is a game that did not like make me feel bad. And yeah. like as someone who's got like all the stuff that you're talking about when it comes to like yes, I like uh, I look inside myself and I see man uh that that uh gender uh, born with matches biological sex, sure. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm, you know, gay as hell. And I'm concerned that, and I'm raised in an environment in which it's not okay to like. Not o- not only is that not okay, but that is inextricably tied to what masculinity and being a man means. And so, yeah. not only is it like, not only have people used that like and existing sort of prejudices against people who aren't men as a way to control and get men to duplicate the discourses of the past. But it also just makes men feel terrible, like all the time. And if it, like you're you 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 can't be I can't be the like this this weird like made up like like TV figure of like the gruff but lovable father that everyone like I can't be the person that everyone on TV seems to like and think a father should be. Um, yeah. That part, that's not your fault. That person doesn't exist. That's just TV trying to make up a guy for you to be sad about, basically. And TV's really, really good at that. Um, it's kind of like all- how on Twitter everyone makes up a guy to be mad at, but on TV <laughs> it's they make up a guy to be sad about. Preci- precisely. Uh, this is how we make you feel bad about yourself um, <laughs> today or whatever. Like, And what always struck me is that I grew up with very, like, like, very sort of like i grew up in a very working class house with a lot a lot of very masculine men in my family um for all intents and purposes not as much not as much as they think they are the vast majority of the time but and that discourse felt very sort of like straight straight down the middle of its usual path like very oppressive very controlling very cruel it didn't really match with who i am uh mm-hmm. and it at least not in the moment and i i didn't feel like i could Part part of that fear, I think, for myself—not to psychoanalyze myself, literally on main—but like you know, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> that part of the part of my problem was that like I I had decided in my head that my family was going to reject me when I came out to them. They didn't. It was not. I wouldn't call it great there for a while, but now mm. they've my mom and my husband text each other. They love my spouse. Uh, they are they definitely realize oh shit yeah that 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 thing yeah that definitely would have made him just happier there's a lot of years where i was really really depressed and that i think they finally have learned like oh yeah honestly that probably wouldn't have been as bad um uh, if we had had different views here's the thing Mm -hmm. like what's uh like the only way that as i approach fatherhood which still feels weird to say but it is it is going to happen um I have found myself re-encountering parts of my childhood that that I would not I even if I were going to be a dad, if I were still married, if I had not worked through the rot of the masculinity that I was raised with, um, if that hadn't have forced my father to say, like, who am I? Oh, who's my who is my son? Like, did I fail him? And to learn that not only did he not fail me, but like the good that's come from me, a lot of him is in there. We're a lot alike in a lot of ways, mm. um, and like he, like he, it, it's it's a full, it's a circle that we come back around, pack back around to. I had to place distance between myself and the idea of myself as the son of my father 
and with you know a member of my family because I had a legit a, a grounded in reality a little overblown but you know pretty honest fear of rejection um, which is something that happens to queer people all the time as we both know um, yeah. and as I'm sure many people who are listening know um, and then like and he had to sort of mourn the idea of who his son was um sort of the, the the denial mechanisms i'm sure that was running really really hard when it came to me because i was clearly gay but like <laughs> he i mean come on <laughs> i look back on it and i'm just like give me a break but <laughs> they like we had to both like heal and and we had to do it together and we had to and not even through like my dad and i don't like talk about our feelings and stuff like we do sometimes he tells me he loves me. I tell him I love him. He tells me he's proud of me and stuff like that. He's for his father was very very with he and his father still shake hands, um, and like that really strikes me when I see it. Um, but like to not even hug your father uh, seems seems really crazy. But like I think where my dad and I did better was that like we we realize we realized that like i i can i can be i can have his more of him like within me as a person those aren't irreconcilable ideas because we're still in each other's lives and he realized that not only did he not like accidentally turn me gay because he worked shift duty and wasn't home <laughs> like <laughs> i'm sure he thought like thank god my dad doesn't listen to this but dad if you ever end up actually hearing this i'm sure that's what you thought i totally understand why you thought that i know and what's beautiful now is i know now that you're like oh not only did i not turn my son gay but like he's great like he's fine He's like he's this he, he like I feel like he knows that I'm I'm a I'm not the kid that he thought he was going to have but I'm a kid that he's proud to have raised. I know that because I work hard, I you know, make a good name for myself. I do a lot for other people. It's the only thing I've ever wanted to do is just help poor people. That's their mistake like that was their mistake for being fairly decent Christians. Now I'm a communist. Whoops. Uh like Hi Kyle's dad, you should be a communist too. Yeah, he probably won't, but we can agree on some. Uh, Kyle's he, he's, dad. He has great popu- He has great populist takes, and it, we can always agree on politics when we talk about who the crook is, because we almost always agree. That's uh, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what's up. But uh, there's like, there's so much power in that form of masculinity, which like mm. to the point of God of War. Like, the masculinization of God of War really, after a while, stops mattering. And it becomes about, like, what, what, do, what, what do all of these questions about being a father mean when we can kind of strip away the discourses and just kind of look at who we are as people? So maybe masculine people, maybe not masculine people, maybe people who started out masculine but who realized, you know, masculinity is not really my thing. Maybe I'm more feminine or maybe gender presentation. Like, let's just I'm going to stick all of that stuff in like a pot and just stir it around a little bit or I'm going (laughs) to throw it out the window or anything like that. And then we realize we do have real problems. Like we have real things that we need to work out with one another. But like if I like that's a hope right that and that mm. that is that is a that is a dumbass hope right despite everything that's in front of you just like no i'm i'm going to hope and fight for something that could be better despite every but cite the the intense like coercive me- mechanisms of like our socioeconomic world like i'm going to persevere and try and build something new despite all of this and 
it's why the idea of that's uh, uh, why the idea of imagination under capitalism and capitalist realism, I think, are not just really important, but like the defining ideas of the past twenty years. Yeah, is that like we realize that like we're so much more powerful than we thought we were. I could have been hoping for stuff this entire time because while it didn't turn out exactly what I thought it was going to be, it turned out to be pretty great. We made change. We did something different. I had the balls. For lack of a better term, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that again. I had the tenacity to go in <laughs> and say, like, to 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 in in an act of great refusal, that like who I was is not who you will be. Who you were is not who I will be. Because we both we must be better, and like that's just that's that's good video games. That's yeah. that's a good video game. Jesus, that's a good video game. I want to make a closing point in connection to that. Um, Please. Because when thinking about that, again, I'm thinking about the, ori the original trilogy, I guess, of God of War games. And I think about how Kratos uncritically embodied this sort of ridiculous masculine ideal, kind of, that, you know, doesn't doesn't exist for anyone who can function in society in any way and he the thing to remember about kratos in all of those games is he is in an incredible amount of pain yeah. the entire time he is in fucking agony psychologically i'm pretty sure the first game starts with him about to kill himself um yeah he's gonna throw himself from the the highest peak of mount olympus that's how the first yeah. game starts um and then I think about some of the just some of the little moments in God of War 4 where you're on the boat with Atreus and you're just peacefully sailing around and Kratos is maybe telling him a little story. And if you look really carefully, I think Kratos is just a little bit happy in those moments. And I think that that is the game really kind of asserting exactly what you were saying, Kyle, that like you can and must sort of change and be better and be able to be someone who can be happy and can like function in the world, you know? Right. And I, th I think that, I don't know, to me, the game is just screaming out, if Kratos can do it, you can do it. Yes. You know? How do we make a god vulnerable? They did it. Like yeah. how do we how do we make a god vulnerable? And we can still tell a god sized story. Like yeah. and it's just yeah, I, I think you're completely right. It's a beautiful game. I think that yeah. I think the people should play it. Anyone who hasn't at this point, it's a pain in the ass, it's only on the on the PS4, but um, yeah. uh, you still can't get PS5s at a time of recording, really. So you might as well get a PS4. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I saw a GameStop. I saw news about GameStop right when we were about to record. That was like GameStop has PS5s update. They're sold out. <laughs> I didn't even read the original story before I saw that. Oh, we've updated this, and yeah, they're sold out. There's there's no PS5s, and yeah, God of War is. Uh, I think it's twenty bucks now too. 
Oh hell yeah! Honestly, best twenty bucks you'll fucking spend anytime soon. It's it's a it's wonderful game. It's a long game. game too. It's like, a long, has... long game. I played through it twice because it's so good, and yeah. I got so much time out of it. And I I I don't know. In terms of like AAA games, one of the best I've played in many many years. Um, exactly one of the best games, said. full stop. But like yeah. uh, for big budget games like that, like the just the the cohesiveness of the ideas in that that are at play in this game is incredible um i saw uh back when it came out there was a video of the like the the sort of main like director of the project guy and he was like at live streaming or, or something himself when he went and first looked at like the metacritic scores and he yeah. started crying because they were at like 94 yep and it was game of the year. It was game of the year, rightfully yeah. so. And it, for, hearing him talk about it, it seems like he... I think he knew how much they were kind of sticking their neck out there, taking this franchise in such a sort of bold yeah. new direction. Yes. Um, especially, uh, you know, when there's been years and years since the last God of War, I feel like the expectations must have weighed really heavily on him. I feel like he probably had to fight for to, to make it into something so different. Right. And um, he was probably nervous as fuck that everyone was going to hate it. And I know whenever I make anything, it's always like, is this shit? Is yep. this shit? I need, I, need, yep. I need someone else to tell me that this isn't shit. Yep. Um, so that must have been an, an amazing feeling after all those years of work and, and, and knowing that like this could totally blow up in your face and end your career and everyone just being like, hey, this game's fucking amazing, bro. Please make another yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Like, unlike... I have, I have like, uh, I'm definitely making a video about this game. By the way, if that, if you, and you have plenty of time, I am going to, I'm going to make a video about this game, and I'm going to release it either somewhere around or on Father's Day. You have plenty of time, so if you want to play a game before I cover it on YouTube, you should play God of War because I am definitely making a video about it. I Hell yeah, to. I have to do it. <laughs> Father's Day, that's a great idea. A Father's I Day mean, release. I learned that, like, and here, like, I learned that my content on YouTube is for the boys because my, right. I have an, in, I have a, a shocking gender, like, break on my channel, which in, in that, like, normally it's like, if you do gamer content, I'm sure that often it's, it's much heavier in favor of men. That's just the algorithm still doesn't understand that girl play game. Like I know that this, I know that this has been like a problem, especially for like non men creators who are trying to get their content out there, that sort of a thing. But I have like, it's like 96% or something like that. Oh male identifying people so yeah and so like instead of doing the thing that like people like like you were talking about with these types of games the thing that people will do should be like that automatically is a bad thing and rather than thinking like my content brings the boys um how can we use this as an opportunity to talk about stuff that's important um i feel actually i feel privileged to have that kind of like because i have a good kind generous very with great politics and you're all good looking even though i haven't seen all of you i just assume that's uh, true. my that's just fact i have a wonderful <laughs> audience who is like also very queer and uh, but like at the same time okay my dog will not stop crying and i don't fucking understand why I, my whole we'll have to cut cut whatever when you edit this just cut 
whatever I was talking about here because it's nonsense because I can't hear anything. All I hear is squeak, squeak, like he's a rusty <laughs> swing. Like, <laughs> I, um, but no, I, like, yeah, I just the, the real point is, the real point is I, I'm making a video about God of War. You should play it. Uh, and we'll do it for, we'll, uh, we're going to do it on Father's Day and we're going to talk about stoicism and masculinity, um, discourses of masculinity, how they make men feel, how it makes other people of other genders feel, how we can, how we, instead of doing the thing that all the liberals want you to do, which is condemn everything without any thought, how do we use and like, how do we exercise power and use discourses of masculinity to be cut, to become better to be better people, all of us, regardless of if you're a man or not, like how do, how like how can we not neglect gender in like our anal how how can how can we center gender in our analysis and use masculinities for something that's productive for all people? Um, I think there are some answers to that question, um, and so we're gonna talk about it. You should play the game. Hell yeah, play the game. Play it. Play the fucking game. Okay, do you want to plug plug yourself? Yes. Um, also, I checked, and my gender uh, breakdown on my YouTube channel uh, is 69% male. <laughs> that is... Nice. Incredibly nice. Incredibly nice. Incred this one's so, for the boys. So nice. <laughs> Let's hear it for the boys. Let's give the boys a hand. Is what That's I right. say. Right. <laughs> That's right. All right. Yeah. Uh, in closing, Dad of Boy, ten out of ten. You can find me uh, on Twitter at KN Skittles, uh, and you can find me on YouTube also at KN Skittles, and you can find me on Twitch where I stream video games. Uh, you can guess the name. It's KN Skittles, and um, I'm working on a cheeky little video on a. Mm. A, a video game called Disco Elysium, and uh, maybe maybe that'll be out when this comes out. We'll see. There's no way to know. Yeah, there there. Well, there there really isn't a way. Um, uh, we'll ask that we'll pray pray to the gods of North Germany. What well, the thing I did like about God of War the most is that he went to the the realm of my people, Northern German farmers. Uh, <laughs> that's right. I am an I am an Ostrogoth basically through and through, which means I I'm history's himbos. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm descended from Europe's historic himbos. Um, but yeah, you can follow me too on stuff. Uh, Labor Kyle on Twitter and on YouTube. Uh, I put out a video on uh, Hegelian working class history. Uh, where I talk about the um, Haitian Revolution, and uh, it's a video I'm profoundly proud of, and in contrast to some of the videos that take me months to make, I uh, wrote it, recorded it, and edited it in a day. And Holy shit. It's, it's, it's really one good. Of, it's one of my... I'm so proud of that. I had done all of that reading. That's that's what helps. I had done all... I had, I've lectured on the Haitian Revolution. I've ah. lectured... I've written papers on Spartacus. It was one of my undergraduate projects. Like, But, like... It really just kind of fell out of me, and so that was that was cool. And then I'll have another. Um, I should have another, at least another video, that'll be out. I would say before this drops. And then yeah, uh, check out uh, check out my shit around Father's Day. We're gonna talk about God of War again. Um, I'm really excited. To. You should go. Oh, here's the here's the thing that you should do. You should go to the you should go to Horror Vanguard. 
uh, first re-listen to the episode where Agab appeared um, because we know that you've all already listened to it because it was perfect. Um, That's right. And uh, uh, all the critics have been raving about it. Um, everyone's saying it's better than every episode of Game of Thrones combined. Yeah, they um, said that, yeah. They said it. We heard them say it. Um, and uh, you should listen to my new episode, which by the time this is out should definitely be out. I sat down with my boys and talked about Nightbreed, um, the, uh, the the Clive Barker movie that, as I said in that podcast, is better than Star Wars. That's going to make some people really mad. Um, awesome. Uh, but it's true. Sorry, it's just true. And uh, sorry for truth. Um, but uh, uh, that was a wonderful conversation where we talked about that movie and um, uh, uh, queer horror. Um, I brought up Pitch Perfect again. Um, I also talked about The Little Mermaid. Uh, and then I ended with an extended rant about the crucifixion of Jesus of Nazareth. So, you know, that could be fun, I hope. Yeah, I remember that scene from from Pitch Perfect, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really fucked up. The I was surprised when the, you know, international Christian community didn't condemn them for heresy. That was really weird. Yeah, I guess that's just, uh, that's just Jesus Christ Superstar, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind right. of. <laughs> All gamers are bastards. Mamma mia.